Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of The Good with Kevin Thomas. I am Kevin Thomas. And today we're doing uh, a slightly different show uh, because uh, there's an interview coming up on the show. And uh, I'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, if you feel like saying hello or you feel like telling me off or whatever you feel like telling me, it's real simple. All you have to do is dial the number. It's 845-429-1700. That's 845-429-1700. And uh, we can talk about the nice weather today and uh, the nice weather that's coming this weekend. I hope everybody is able to get out and uh, enjoy it because the temperatures won't be too hot and uh, the weather will be just fine. Uh, so, folks, like I said, we got an interview today and uh, I'm going to be talking to Mayara Souza. And uh, Mayara uh, grew up in Brazil. Uh, she had a really tough childhood. Uh, and uh, this really is a story of survival and perseverance. And uh, I think you, you'll really enjoy what Mayara has to say. Uh, she is a sound therapist. And uh, it'll, you, you'll find it interesting, the story that leads up to uh, why uh, she chose the field that she chose. And that, so that's coming up after our first break. Should be getting a call in about 10 minutes here. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll chat with her. And uh, I'll also have some music for you uh, after the second break. Uh, and uh, we've got Susie Quattro, the Rembrandts, and Leonard Skinnerd. I doubt you'd find them all on the same bill, but uh, what can I say? I like playing a lot of different stuff. Uh, so let's get into music history while we're at it. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about what happened on this date in uh, June 3rd already. June 3rd, 1967, Aretha Franklin went to number one with an Otis Redding tune called Respect. You've probably heard it a million times, and quite frankly, I could hear it about a million more. It's a great record. Her version of Respect went to number one on the singles charts back on this date in 1967. Also on this date in 1967, The Doors released the song Light My Fire. And it went to number one on the singles charts two months later. Now, uh, what was interesting is uh, The Doors had appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show, and uh, they had to omit, uh, well, they were told to omit a, a certain lyric from the song, uh, could, Girl, We Couldn't Get Much Higher, and, uh, well, they rehearsed it, and uh, everything was fine with the rehearsal, and uh, then uh, when they did it live, uh, Jim Morrison decided to sing the original lyric, and uh, they were informed they would never again perform on the Ed Sullivan Show. Uh, so interesting happenings there. Uh, so let's take a trip to June 3rd, 1977. Bob Marley and the Wailers releasing Exodus, probably one of his greatest albums. Matter of fact, uh, Time Magazine named Exodus the best album of the 20th century. And uh, if you listen to the tracks on that album start to finish, it really is an amazing album. It really is. And uh, so, uh, you know, uh, Jammin', Waiting in Vain, The Heathen, Three Little Birds, One Love, so many great songs came off that album. So uh, now we go to June 3rd, 1995, Brian Adams started a five-week run at number one on the singles charts with Have You Ever Really Loved a Woman? Uh, it was for the film Don Juan DeMarco. It became uh, Brian Adams' third solo number one hit uh, here in the good old U.S. of A. Now, uh, we'll uh, skip down a little bit here. Uh, and uh, let's go to birthdays. And we talk about June 3rd, 1926. A man by the name of Erwin Allen Ginsberg was born. Uh, now you know him, of course, as Allen Ginsberg. Uh, born in Newark, New Jersey. 
uh, a leading figure of the Beat Generation. He met Bob Dylan back in 1963, and they remained friends for life. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Ginsburg can be seen in the background of the iconic film promo that Bob Dylan made uh, for Subterranean Homesick Blues, you know, the one where he's flipping the cards. Uh, you can see Allen Ginsberg in the background of that. Uh, he passed away back on April 5th, 1997, at the age of 70 years old. Uh, now, uh, June 3rd, 1939, uh, musician Ian Hunter from England was born. He was a vocalist and guitarist for Mott the Hoople, uh, who took a David Bowie tune uh, pretty high up on the charts with All the Young Dudes. Uh, they also did Roll Away the Stone and All the Way from Memphis. Uh, now, we continue. Uh, June 3rd, 1942, one great musician right here, singer, songwriter, guitarist, and record producer, Curtis Mayfield was born on this date, uh, member of the Impressions, and then uh, he went on to a solo career and, uh, of course, uh, the big contribution that he made to the musical lexicon, the theme from Superfly, uh, Freddie's Dead, Move On Up, so many great songs throughout the years and, uh, uh, you know, one of my favorite musicians indeed. Uh, now we go to June 3rd, 1947, uh, Dave Alexander, the original bassist for the Stooges was born on this date. Now, he met Iggy Pop and formed the Stooges back in 1967. And uh, he arranged, composed, and performed on all of their songs for their first two albums. Uh, he was uh, fired from the band in 1970 after showing up to a gig too drunk to play rock and roll. Uh, now, we talk about June 3rd, 1950. Uh, rock singer, songwriter, uh, and uh, a real uh, beacon of uh, rock music. Susie Quattro was born. Now, you may know uh, back uh, on Happy Days, she played the part of Leather Tuscadero. Well, she was also a pretty good musician. In fact, she was one of the first female bass players to become a major rock star. And uh, she became huge in the UK and in Australia and around the world. She wasn't as big here in the US, but that's all right, because she, she was still making the music that she wanted to make. Uh, her biggest hit in the US was back in 1979. It was a duet with Chris Norman called Stumbling In. Uh, but I'm going to play you a tune, a rocking tune, from Susie Quattro later on in the hour. Uh, we talk about June 3rd, 1951, singer-songwriter Denise Williams was born on this date. Uh, you may remember she did a uh, duet with Johnny Mathis called Too Much, Too Little, Too Late back in 1978. Went to number one. Uh, also in 1984, a solo hit called Let's Hear It for the Boy. At one point, she worked as a backing singer for Stevie Wonder's group Wonderlove. Now we go to June 3rd, 1952. Billy Powell, musician and longtime keyboardist for Leonard Skinner, was born. Uh, he became a member of the band in 1972. Now, he happened to be helping out the band at the time. And uh, I guess while they were having a break during one of their sessions, he decided to get on the piano and start playing. And that's when they found out that he was a trained pianist. And they had no idea that they had all this musical talent in the room and he, he wasn't playing in the band. So he started playing on some songs and uh, played some shows. And next thing you know, they made him part of the band and uh, became an integral part of uh, the sound of Leonard Skinner through the years. Uh, really phenomenal player right there. Uh, June 3rd, 1954, pop singer and songwriter Dan Hill was born. Uh, back in 1978, he had a number three hit called Sometimes When We Touch. Also had a duet with Vonda Shepard called Can We Try. Really good voice uh, from Dan Hill as well. Uh, big uh, staple of, uh, uh, you know, uh, light rock stations around the country. Uh, 
Uh, on this date in 1961, L. DeBarge was born on this date, uh, of course, of the family group DeBarge. He also had a solo hit back in 1985 with Rhythm of the Night, which uh, I'm almost certain that Diane Warren uh, wrote that song. Uh, but uh, definitely a, a, a great talent right there. Uh, had the hit back in 1983 called All This Love. And uh, finally, uh, June 3rd, 1962, David Cole from uh, CNC Music Factory was born on this date. Uh, they had songs like Gonna Make You Sweat and Things That Make You Go, Hmm. And uh, David Cole also produced Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, and Aretha Franklin. We lost him back on January 24th, 1995, but uh, he made his mark, no doubt about it. And uh, matter of fact, I'll toss this one in as well. Uh, June 3rd, 1965, Mike Gordon, multi-instrumentalist, bassist, banjo, piano, harmonica, percussion, all for the band Fish. And uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you're on with Kevin and the Good. Hello, Kevin. How are you doing? Uh, this is Mayara. Yes. Okay, uh, hold tight. Uh, we're going to take a break real quick, and uh, we'll come back with you in just a moment. All right, sounds good. Okay, so that is it for music history, and when we return, you're going to get to hear a really awesome story of perseverance and strength and faith, and uh, it's coming up. Meyer Souza on The Good with Kevin Thomas when we return. Hudson Valley News, informative programs, and your favorite music. We're Radio Unscripted, AM 1700, WRCR, and WRCR.com. Medicare can be confusing. Piles of mail, all those TV advertisements, it's overwhelming. Not anymore. Emerald Medicare is here to help guide you through all of your Medicare needs. Whether you're turning 65 or getting ready to retire, Mark Brownstein and his team are dedicated to providing quality assistance for anyone seeking Medicare insight. With offices in Nyack and Stony Point, Emerald Medicare is local, caring, friendly, and knowledgeable. Call Mark Brownstein for a free consultation at 845-358-1220 or visit www www.emeraldmedicare.com to sign up for one of his free monthly educational webinars. That's 845-358-1220. Call today. Hello, this is John Wicks. Our family at Wicks Arborists has been providing tree and lawn care for three generations since 1929. Not only is lawn and tree maintenance important to the beautification of your property, it is also important to your health. One thing you should attend to is the deer tick population. Deer ticks cause Lyme disease, a debilitating bacterial infection causing joint, heart, and nervous system complications. These ticks may be small, but the problems associated with them are anything but trivial. The good news is that we offer a variety of tick control options. We call it the Wix Ticks Fix. With our low-impact solutions to reducing tick populations, you, your children, and family pets can enjoy the great outdoors without fear of Lyme disease. Visit us at wixarborist.com or call us at 354-3400 for more information. Wix Arborist, where your property is... Hi, this is Dr. Jeffrey Shannon. And Dr. Sophia Patrikas. We invite you to join us for our show, Listen Up, Rockland, the first Monday of each month at 9.30 a.m. If you or someone you know is always asking to repeat, has difficulty communicating in a noisy environment, or has ringing in their ears, then tune in to our show. Do you have questions or are you curious about how to improve your hearing? We welcome any and all questions related to patient treatment process, hearing aids, and implantable hearing technology. Do you or someone you know experience dizziness, vertigo, feeling off balance, or have a fear of falling? If so, tune in as we can educate and help treat various balance concerns. So join us for Listen Up Rockland the first Monday of each month at 9.30 a.m. as we navigate all topics related to audiology, hearing, and balance with various members of our team and guests speakers. Hudson Valley Audiology, located at 11 Medical Park Drive, Suite 205 in Pomona. Call them at 845-406-9991 or visit their website, HudsonAudiology.com. Not a matter of if, but when. The climate is changing. The sea will rise. Storms will come. And the lights will go out from time to time. Will we be ready? 
Can we buy some time? Join us for Tough Times with Lou Young, Saturdays from 1 to 3, right here on WRCR, WRCR.com, and anytime on Spotify. Tough Times with Lou Young. At highway speeds, the average text takes your eyes off the road for about five seconds. That's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Stop texts, stoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Want to see the faces that go with the voices on WRCR Radio? Then like us on Facebook. Facebook? I hate Facebook and all that social media. People don't know how to communicate anymore. If anyone ever texts me, I'll... Carrie, can you please close the recording door next time? Uh, you started something, baby. So type in WRCR on your Facebook search or go to WRCR.com for the direct link. Weather. For tonight... Mostly clear with a low around 57 degrees. For Saturday, sunny with a high near 81 degrees. For Saturday night, mostly clear with a low around 53. For Sunday, sunny with a high near 77 degrees. For Monday, sunny with a high near 79. And for Tuesday, a 40% chance of showers, otherwise partly sunny with a high near 77 degrees. That's the weather forecast. For WRCR, I'm Kevin Thomas. Up-to-the-minute weather information is always available on the WRCR website. Day or night, when you want the weather, check our website at WRCR.com. And the current temperature is 76. Well, folks, I'll tell you, uh, it's it's great to be able to host this show, The Good with Kevin Thomas. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's great to be able to tell stories about... Uh, you know, real perseverance and real stories of faith and, and just general, you know, good people on this earth. Because uh, with all the news that happens all around us, uh, whether we're seeing it on social media or on television, uh, it's sometimes it's tough to remember that. So it's always good to meet people that have that strong faith and perseverance and uh, uh, that are able to shine brightly in this world that can seem so dim sometimes. Uh, so today, uh, I have the pleasure of having Mayara Souza on the show. Uh, she does sound therapy and holistic health, and uh, uh, she has a very interesting story about how she got to that. And uh, Mayara, we welcome you to The Good with Kevin Thomas. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate the opportunity for being here. I appreciate it. So let's start from the beginning. Where did you grow up and how did that uh, affect you? So I grew up in Brazil, in a big state in Brazil, but in a poor area. And so the lack mentality caused, you know, a lot of dysfunction around in my environment. So there was a lot of addictions and especially alcohol and a lot of aggression, you know, it was kind of a, a violent um, behavior, like all, all around. And um, me, myself, I, I had some, you know, abuse that happened when I was a kid. And it was really tricky because it's like it, it got me into the same space of the dysfunctionality that I was already observing in my environment. Because I started abusing alcohol. I was about 12, 13 years old. And it's interesting because today I don't talk about the alcohol with, like, any anger towards it at all. It's more of, like, a gratitude of having that tool at that time to get me through the pain, to get me, you know, through my teen years and most of my 20s. Because what I think today, I'm on my late 30s, is that if I didn't have the alcohol there to numb everything that was going on, I might have, you know, tried something even heavier that maybe I couldn't, you know, even be here today. Maybe could could have taken my life. So, so in some ways, you know, could almost say that it, it kind of bought you some time until you could heal. Yes, exactly. It was a tool, you know, as a, a whole bunch of other things are. That it's the only thing that I saw available to myself at that time. And 
you know, where I was at and with the people that I had surrounding. And like most people drink anyways. So it's like it was an easy access to that tool at that time. And like I said, today, I thank God that I never really got into heavy drugs or anything like that, because God knows if I would be here today. It's, it, it is unfortunately something that has happened uh, uh, to uh, young people that have been affected by abuse, especially early on. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, thank God that you made it through. No doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like it was that tool that I had access to back then. And once I started my healing process, it, I started unfolding different and more effective, more productive tools. So I started my healing process when I was almost 30. Um, my now, father, by that time, you because you, uh, I, I believe you you moved to the U.S., uh, in uh, around 20, age 26, right? Yes. So I got to the U.S. on my mid-20s, and I always had this illusion to move to the U.S. and, like, change my life, right? Get rid of all that stuff and change my life. But the thing is that nothing changes until you change, right? So I got here to the U.S., but I brought the habit with me. I brought the addiction with me. So the first few years, it was the same thing. I was just drinking and, you know, stupid decisions and all that. It was just changed the location. But I really didn't start my healing until a few years in. Because then when I started getting close to my 30s is what started kind of scaring me. Because my father was an alcoholic and he had a heart attack and passed away when he was 37. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I was only four years old. and, And so when I moved here, I was continue with the drinking and everything until I was getting to my late 20s because then did this little voice inside me like I think it's you know the Holy Spirit inside of me was like well you were doing the same things you're going down the same path and at the time my daughter was three when we moved here so I started doing research actually on heart conditions because I was scared of my father's heart attack, because people talked about the genes, right? We carry the genes right, and right. The, this condition, that condition runs in the family. But then when I started with my research, I came across um, epigenetics, which was telling me that the environment highly, like, um, heavily influences which genes will be turned on or not. So I realized that what we inherit really is the lifestyle. And so because we inherit the lifestyle of our parents and grandparents and the people around us, we develop the same conditions because we are eating the same stuff, you know, like drinking alcohol, if that's the case. We are doing the same stuff. So we develop the same things because we turn on the same genes. So that was like the big aha for me was the beginning of everything, because if I could change my environment in a way that I wouldn't turn on those genes of having a heart attack and having, you know, this difficulty with alcohol until it would kill me, I could change my, my environment. It's a lot easier than change my genes. So that's when I started uh, learning about all of the tools that I use today still with myself on my continuous healing and that I share with my clients. So I came across, you know, to change lifestyle is very difficult because you are so conditioned to doing things in a certain way. And so I came across one of the first things was meditation to calm the mind, the the thinking mind, the monkey mind, like the researchers call, and to be able to be more aware of all of that that's happening that I'm not even aware of. I, I didn't even know why I was so dependent on the alcohol until I started meditating. And then I realized that I was trying to numb all the abuses that had happened when I was a little girl. And with that awareness, now I'm an adult. I'm, an, I'm a respected woman. Nobody will, you know, abuse me anymore. I'm not around the same people and all that. So with that realization, it, it loses the, the hang that it has on you, you know, like the power, the, the, yeah. right. Yeah. The power that it has over you. And then little by little, through my meditations, and I explored, like, all types of meditations, all types of, like, alternative ways of, you know, getting rid of the, the addiction. And I did, you know, I kicked alcohol. And then after that, actually, like, everything started changing. Like, I kicked, you know, the, the bad foods and all, all the bad habits starts kind of dropping. I feel like, you know, through these tools, you know, journaling, gratitude, 
meditation, the sound healing, I feel like the things that don't serve us anymore, it starts just dropping naturally. And then I didn't need anymore. I didn't need, you know, the bad food that was not doing any good to my body. I didn't need the alcohol. I didn't need to go to the places where, you know, the energy wasn't that good, like the bars and clubs. I just didn't need it anymore. Right. It, it, it almost seems like uh, you need a replacement in order to get away from the old habits because uh, the old habits are uh, part of your comfort zone. And uh, you, you really you, you really just uh, run back to those same old habits over again because it's familiar. Uh, but but once you find something healthier and re- and replace those old habits, it could really make a change. Would, uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, everything, like with the food, you know, you start implementing the good foods. And, I mean, you can only eat so much, you know, at a certain point you're full. And then there is really no space. You you overcrowd the bad food out of your diet. And then the same thing with drinking. You find something else to have in your hand, you know, seeping on, and a better place to go to where, you know, you're not going to be around everybody else drinking alcohol around you if, you know, your case is that you're trying to drop that. So changing your environment, like pretty much what epigenetics teaches us, change the environment, the cell will respond completely different. And then that affects our mental state and everything else. And then I came across sound, and it's fantastic how I work with the sound now, helping people to release this stuff. And the changes, the shifts that they notice, like mentally, you know, just by working with the sound on the body, we, we look at it as kind of like a body work type of method because you lay on the massage table and I do, I use tuning forks to tune the electromagnetic field around the body. And, and, and I this also, is, uh, sorry to interrupt, but this is the uh, sort of the uh, biofield tuning that you were talking about on your website? Yes, okay. that is the biofield tuning. That's, uh, so I got trained a while ago, I got certified. And so we use... Um, unweighted forks that make the sound it's a very pleasing sound so it really relaxes the nervous system it sounds like those singing bowls that people get uh, sound baths and but the, the difference is that the sound bath usually is very broad it's like a very relaxing session but it's kind of like a massage you know you get that relaxation but you don't necessarily work specifically on a condition that you are trying to shift so with a biofuel tuning, you show up with something specific to work on. And that can be physical, mental, psychological, emotional. It can be whatever it is. So we work with the forks on the field, and you hear the sound of the fork, which really relaxes your nervous system. And we also have weighted forks that they vibrate very intensely, and we place them on the body. So you can feel the vibration traveling throughout your body. And what that does, I like to compare it kind of like with acupuncture because a lot of people are more familiar with Chinese medicine than they are with sound as therapy. So with the Chinese medicine, the acupuncture, you use the needles in areas of the body where there's blocks of energy, that the energy is not circulating throughout the body the way it's meant to. So with the sound and vibration, we do the same thing. The vibrations travel through your whole body releasing those blocks of energy that that are causing whatever it is that you came to treat. So it's like we work on the root of the problem. And it's like fantastic to me when I get the feedbacks of people shifting mental states. Because for like chronic pain and and physical conditions, it's, it's kind of common for me already to notice changes. You know, like they come with like back pain or, you know, problems with digestive system or sleeping cycles and stuff like that. And then they notice that everything comes back into balance after we do work with the sound and vibration. But what's like the most phenomenal to me, it's the mental state. The people that show up feeling, you know, depressed or a lot of anxiety and all of that. And then we start working with the sound and we bring in a state of relaxation to the nervous system that is so intense that they notice those mental states shifting and they feel, you know, lighter and happier and, you know, like more trusting with more faith. They notice that they're not like on that monkey mind so much. They just trust that life will happen as is. And another thing, don't get so triggered anymore. You know, people and situations, whatever it is, used to trigger the heck out of them. 
Right. And then we start working with the sound and vibration, and they come back and they say, it's so interesting. Like, my spouse, for instance, it's still acting stupid, but it doesn't affect me as much. I don't feel so much anger about it anymore. I don't feel this way. I don't feel that way. It's just like, it just is. You know, it, it's almost like we drop the judgment of whatever it is that, that used to trigger us. So, so that to me, it's like that's freedom. <laughs> so it's it's almost like uh, like the vibration sort of rewire the way that uh, your uh, nervous system or your brain may uh, feel about certain things, where where those triggers uh, don't necessarily fire off in, within you the same way they used to. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So the way that we look at it also is that. We, we talk about this, we, we hear people talk about, talking about this a lot lately uh, on this whole healing realm. So they talk about we perceive our reality through the lenses of our experiences, the experiences that we bring with us from our past, right? Right. And, and that's pretty much how we can perceive reality because it's all a comparison, right, with whatever it is that we went through that is similar to that. We compare to see how are we going to react. So... The way we look at it in this method is that all of our experiences, yes, are all around us. Like, we don't look at it as our mind and our memories are inside of our brain. We don't look at it that way. We look at it as our memories and experiences are besides all in all of our cells, like stored in all of our cells of our bodies, also around our bodies, in our aura, in our electromagnetic field, like the Earth has its electromagnetic field. Anything that runs electricity has the electromagnetic field. So we look at it as when we have these experiences stored in our field, they are the lenses within which we perceive our reality. So when we see someone behaving in a certain way or a certain type of situation in front of us, we trigger those things that are there, that are stagnated, that weren't processed. Those experiences, the traumas, and traumas, they, they don't have to be necessarily what we call the big T trauma, that is like this huge life event that changed everything for you. It can be the small T trauma, like, you know, smaller things that kind of cause a, a sort of a shock on your nervous system in some level. It doesn't have to be anything huge. So... Those things are the lenses within which we are perceiving our reality. So everything that is happening outside of us is triggering those things that weren't processed. So when we bring in the sound and the vibration and the body, and here's the thing too, it's not that we are doing the healing. The body is doing its own healing. We are just bringing in an input so that, so that the body can use to do its own healing. So the body listens to how it is vibrating, how each atom is vibrating and anything that is out of harmony that is out of balance the body uses this frequency coming from the fork to harmonize itself to adjust how it is vibrating so the cells are doing the work it's not necessarily the fork it's not necessarily the practitioner but the body of the client knows how to do it it just needs the input so we bring the input the body listens to how each cell is vibrating anything that is in in discord with balance that is vibrating in disharmony, goes back into harmony, goes back into balance. All of those stored emotions and memories and, and stuff that wasn't processed gets to be processed, gets to be released. And so after that, so much that uh, we have these aftercare sheets because you might have some symptoms of detoxing. You know, you might have I don't know, like diarrhea or feel, you know, overly emotional, you know, want to cry, not sure about why. And, and that's all your nervous system releasing the stuff that was stored in there. And so once you release all of that stuff and you detox all of those toxins, you know, the, all of that stuff that's just sitting there waiting to be processed, that's when you change the way you perceive what's happening. So the person does the same thing, it doesn't trigger you anymore because you don't have that wound there, that unprocessed emotion to be triggered. Because you went, you went through the process of... of exactly. Uh, your body has gone through the process of the healing. Yeah, and then you release it. And then what's there to be triggered? You right. know what I mean? So the person acts how they would, and then you just like, well, you want to be stupid, good for you. You know, but it doesn't <laughs> affect you so much, like causing things within you, you know, anger or resentment or, you know, whatever. It doesn't cost that anymore because you don't have anything unprocessed there to be triggered. 
I want to ask you uh, one question before we wrap up. I, I want to ask you how, you, you know, you've made this incredible journey through your life and uh, it's, it's led you to looking into all of this uh, uh, information as far as how our body responds and how uh, we handle stress, how we handle anxiety, how we handle depression. I want to ask you, what uh, about your faith uh mm -hmm. how how did it strengthen you uh throughout all the years of uh, pain and addiction and uh and uh whatnot oh deeply deeply kevin it, that was like a huge part of my process so i grew up catholic and when i was on my teens and it started you know with the drinking and hanging out maybe with a not so graceful crowd i walked away from god and i you know didn't go to church and didn't do anything like any prayer meditate i didn't do anything throughout the time you know when i was having my problem with alcohol when i got to america it was the same thing i was just partying and kind of like celebrating finally moving to america but when i started my healing process it was one of the first things that came back when i started meditating i started praying and I started, you know, my faith came back and my my relationship to God, my relationship to Jesus, my relationship to knowing that my creator has my back. So that trust came back. The faith came back. And it's funny because this is one of the things that my friends say to me, you know, all the time, pretty much like things happen, you know, and, and we're talking with each other and talking about like what we're going through in life, the things that we're healing or the situations that we are, you know, taking care of and stuff like that. And my friends that know me, that know, you know, my story and all of that, they say to me, like, I don't know how you're so calm, you know, like <laughs> as you deal with all of this, like everything that you have going on and, you know, all the healing and, and all that stuff, all the stuff that, that comes to us in life. And I'm just like grounded and, you know, with a good mood and a good attitude towards life. And that's what I tell them. It's my faith. You know, I know God is with me. No matter what happens, it's all for the good. You know, it all works together for the good. So as soon as I started my healing, my, my connection to God came back. And it's a huge part of my life. Like when I teach people, when they say like, okay, so now closing, just, you know, one quick thing. What would you say? For you to start your path to awareness, pray, meditate, and journal. So prayer for me now, it's like my connection, my, my contact, my communication with my creator is like throughout the day, like all the time. That It's, an, it's important, you know, it's important to remember where you came from. Mm -hmm. And it's important, and it sort of centers uh, yourself on you know, just the, the, the knowledge that uh, you are here for a purpose and you're here uh, for a reason. And, uh, you know, for people that go through depression or anxiety or addiction, uh, they can forget that. Uh, so mm -hmm. what would you say to someone, if they're listening right now, uh, who may be going through depression, anxiety, or addiction, or, or anything that's really weighing them down like that uh, what would you say to them what's your, what would be your advice to them mm -hmm. so first thing i would say quiet the static you know if you are watching television watching the news checking social media doing all of that stuff take a break quiet the static and being silence being stillness even like shut off things in your house that make noises and just being stillness for a little bit if you have like too busy of a mind, that's going to be hard. So what you do first, you do kind of a walking meditation. You just walk mindfully, like feeling your foot on the ground, each foot, you know, the heel and then the, the bottom of your foot, like all the way, just like to become accustomed to be present in the moment. Because when we are really 100% present in the moment, I don't believe that there is anxiety or depression. I feel like the anxiety is when we are living too much in the future, trying to figure things out. And that's super overwhelming because we don't know what's going to happen. And depression when we are kind of stuck in the past. Think of things, you know, that had happened, 
people that we need or whatever, whatever the reason is. I feel like it's because we are not present. When we learn to stay present in the moment, I believe that anxiety and depression diminish. And also, I also believe that there's a lot of thinking of the self. You know, like maybe you are rethinking something that you did wrong and kind of punishing yourself, judging yourself or others, whatever it is. But I feel like there's a lot of attention on the self. So I also notice with my clients that when we shift the attention from the self to others and try to do something good for other people, it's also another situation that you can't really feel depressed or anxiety when you are doing such things because the feeling of, you know, love and joy for doing service for other people is just so contagiating that I feel like it eliminates anxiety, depression, all those, you know, the complicated situations like mental states that we are going through in the world today. So I would say take the attention out of self and put the attention on others. What can you do for someone else? You know, something that you're not going to get anything in return. It's the best feeling ever. You know, go volunteer, go donate your time to do something, whatever resonates with you, with kids, with animals, whatever. And quiet aesthetic. You know, you need some, some quiet so you can hear your creator talk to you. Because we talk, we pray, right? We talk to God, we talk to our creator. But if we don't quiet the static, we can't get the answer. We're like, I, I can't hear any answer. Yes, there's too much noise. We got to quiet everything down. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I'm so glad that uh, you've been able to... Uh, find the time and uh, uh, be on the show. I really do appreciate it. Where can people find out more about the services that you uh, that you have? Yes, I, I do appreciate it, too. Thank you so much for the platform. I, I love sharing my story and sharing the tools, you know, sharing these things that I know it works, not only for myself, but for other people, too. So everything is on my website, Mayara, M-A-Y-A-R-A dash Sosa, S-O-U-Z, as in zebra, A, dot com. So mayara-sosa.com. Everything is in there. I'm usually on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not, like, super present because I have so many projects going on. Right. But there is some, some content there. And, uh, and on my website, you can send me an email and we can connect. Well, Mayara, I want to thank you once again uh, for being on the show. It really has been a pleasure, and I wish you all the best. God bless. Thank you. I, I wish you all the best, too. God bless. All right. Mayara Souza here on The Good with Kevin Thomas. And uh, uh, we uh, went past our break, which is okay. I'm going to go ahead and uh, play you. A tune from Susie Quattro. This is called Evie here on The Good with Kevin Thomas.
That was Evie by Susie Quattro. Uh, today is her 72nd birthday. Uh, she's been rocking in arenas all over the world. And, uh, you know, happy birthday to her. Uh, before the show ends, I got to once again thank Mayara Souza for joining us on the show. It was really enlightening conversation. And, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I, I might not be able to post it tonight, but uh, surely during the weekend tomorrow, uh, I will have the uh, I will have this episode posted on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You'll be able to hear uh, once again what a great interview that was. Uh, now uh, I'm going to wrap this up by talking about uh, a two and a half year old dog, and uh, now this dog is being hailed as a hero because uh, you see. It was on a hiking trail in northwestern California last month where Aaron Wilson, 24 years old, uh, was in the White Bar Picnic area in Trinity County out in California. And uh, she said, I'm just walking down the slope and the dog had run ahead of me and I turned around and there was this cat growling, just growling at me. Now that cat she was talking about was none other than a mountain lion. Now, she says, Aaron says, uh, it swiped at me, scratching my left shoulder. I yelled out for help from my dog, Eva. And uh, Evie, Eva, you know, uh, she was only a few yards ahead of me and attacked the lion. But you see, the lion did not retreat. So they battled it out for a few moments until I heard her cry. The cat had her by the left side of her head. For the next several minutes, I tried everything I could to free her. Eventually, I ran to my vehicle for a weapon and flagged down assistance from a kind woman named Sharon. Together, we beat at the cat while yelling until the, my dog was let go. So it was a truly terrifying experience. And, uh, you know, Eva did was injured. Uh, you know, uh, she had she suffered a couple fractures to her skull a puncture into her sinus cavity and severe swelling around her left eye. Uh, but she has pulled through and uh, received treatment. So uh, uh, Aaron Wilson uh, has uh, set up a GoFundMe to cover the vet bills and has raised over $32,000. So Eva, her dog, is now home and expected to make a full recovery. And uh, as a... Uh, as her owner puts it, my dog is my hero and I owe her my life. So there's a great story for you to go into the weekend with. Now, coming up after news, traffic, and weather, we have Clem in the PM. Pete Clem's going to give you that radiotherapy that you need every weekday from 3 to 5 right here on WRCR. And then don't forget, at 5 o'clock, uh, the summer hours for the Duop Dream Machine. And uh, Brian Avenue Bob will be in studio. And, of course, uh, we'll, we'll have uh, Will from the morning show with Jeff and Will. will be sitting in this chair uh, helping Bob out with the show. So uh, stay tuned for that. We've got more great radio to come. And don't forget, tonight uh, at 7 o'clock, we start coverage of the New York Boulders uh, hosting the Empire State Grays over at Clover Stadium. Coverage will begin at 7 p.m. tonight right here on WRCR. And, uh, of course, we also have uh, a, a rebroadcast of an episode that uh, Lou Young did with uh, John Lipscomb in a really interesting interview. You'll hear that tomorrow from 1 to 3 right here on WRCR. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Mayara, for joining me on the show. And uh, have a great weekend. God bless. Take care of each other. And take care of yourself.